Hi, this is Spark, a podcast about practices and habits that spark deeper love. And for the next three episodes, we'll be talking about attachment. And attachment theory is the study of how we relate to one another and how we develop trust, intimacy and connection within our relationships. In this podcast, we'll be joined by Robin Ray. Robin is currently an adjunct instructor at the University of Utah, where she teaches classes about infant and child beginnings and also intimacy and love. She comes with a great deal of understanding about secure attachment and how to develop it. Robin really clearly defines what secure attachment looks like to be known and understood. It's important to define what our insecure attachments can look like too. Insecure attachments can be ambivalent where we find it difficult to become close to others or we avoid investing in relationships very deeply and sometimes unable or unwilling to share ourselves with others. We shut down connection, sometimes unknowingly. Other times we can be anxious in our relationships and the anxious attachment is when we tend to think and feel that others will leave or don't love us and we also get really distraught when our relationships end. We can also be what's called disorganized in our attachment. And disorganized can look like doing some of both of the things I just described, shutting down or also feeling anxious. It's helpful to reflect on the different secure and insecure ways we relate both to others and to God so that we can keep moving towards more secure forms of relating. Hopefully this podcast will help us do that. Thanks for joining us today, Robin. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. And so we're talking about um, practices and habits that spark a deeper love. And the thing that we're wanting to look into um, yeah, in the next couple of podcasts specifically or episodes is just how we help, how, how we develop like secure attachments. Like often in our lives, there's things that, or we have anxiety or avoidant ways of relating to God or relating to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't always um, think about what it means to be secure or grounded or have that identity insecurity. So I just thought it would be good to to chat with you a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. So maybe as we start out, um, you could talk a little bit about what is attachment and then most especially what does it mean to be secure? Okay, so attachment or attachment theory um, was originally created, I don't know, thought of, I don't know what, how you wanted to describe it, but um, John Bowlby is like the father of attachment theory. And then Mary Ainsworth came in and um, refined attachment. And so attachment essentially is focused on the relationships and bonds between people. Mm. And so, and John Bowlby's quoted as saying, lasting psychological connected connectedness between human beings. Ultimately being in a secure attachment is being known and understood by your caregiver. Mm. And so that's, I think that's what we could boil being secure down to is being known and understood within your relationship to other people. Mm. And so, and then you view other people through that lens of attachment. And so if you were anxious or disorganized or avoidant, you would view your relationships with those lenses, with an avoidant lens. Your caregiver didn't adequately respond to your needs as an infant 
And so you avoid relationships, you avoid attaching to um, your primary caregiver or romantic partner or whoever it is. And it makes sense then when we talk about like this deep feeling that we are secure and that develops in us. And then we kind of project whether we feel secure or not onto our like adult relationships, like whether it's a partner, a friendship, like other relationships, like we can walk through the world with that sense of security. But then it feels like in our relationships with God, it feels like that would, would actually have a huge impact. So maybe you can talk about that, this in relation to God. And then what you think it would mean for us to understand that we're secure in relation to God. Mm -hmm. Um, As with, I think it, that's a really good question. Like how do we, how do we relate this to our relationship with God or in, in relation to our context and how we view God? I think that's, really good. And I, and I think what's helpful to remember is that any form of any type of attachment, whether it be secure, avoidant, ambivalent, you know, disorganized, whatever it is, anxious, uh, it's not, it's based on infancy and your primary caregiver, right? That's how attachments are formed. And so as an infant, it's not contingent on what you do. It's not contingent on how you respond to your caregiver. Because as an infant, all you know is to cry. And so in real, if we're looking at attachment and, and, and how we, you know, whatever attachment we have from infancy that we carry with us into childhood and our teenage experience and adult experiences, which is changed and fine-tuned and um, maybe healed or not healed due to experiences, it does color how we view God in our life. And so Remembering that attachment isn't contingent on the infant. Same with our, in relation to God, it's not contingent on us as adults, human beings, as humanity, it's contingent on who God is and how he responds to his creation. Well, I think that's a really beautiful description of what it means to be secure. And then, so there it is, it's this idea that, the security doesn't hinge on our behavior. The security doesn't hinge on how we feel or what we're doing. I think that's what you're saying. Like that's not where security lies. Security lies in the caregiver. And so then if we're saying that God is like this divine parent or divine goodness, like we can I or understand ourselves in relation to God. Um that there's nothing that can break that like that sense of security because our sense of security isn't depending on us to hold it together or to do enough to keep it together because the sense is that God's God's present to that. Mm-hmm. And even with that, like if, you know, every metaphor breaks down, you know, every caregiver in, in the human realm <laughs> is faulty. You know, even the most responsive parent, even the most responsive primary caregiver is still faulty. And so they're not going to respond perfectly to their infant every single time. But it's just like, I'm just so thankful that God is beyond a caregiver, is so beyond a parent. And so he's the ultimate just 
giver. He sacrifices for the sake of his infants. Mm-hmm. And so even in those perfect relationships, you look back on your life and think, I had the greatest of parents. I had the greatest of caregivers. And in reality, it's, yeah, that's great. I'm so glad to have, you know, hear you say that and experience that. And at the same time, rest assured, like for everyone else who doesn't have that, that God is even beyond that role of parent, you know, beyond a faulty human. Hmm. And so I think that's, that's the beauty in having that security in, in God, Hmm. um, because I don't know, he's just beyond it. Well, and that's really helpful too. Like, like you said, there's a, there's a, this is a theory that is worked out and played out in the life of humans and human, but it does, like you said, it breaks down because God is, is, um, beyond our own imagination, our own experience. That's another thing that feels important to name. I think in talking to you in the past, you've, you've mentioned how experience is so important mm-hmm. for understanding um, security. So maybe you could talk a little bit about why experience is so important. Right. So, you know, unfortunately, we're not all given this secure attachment. We don't all have this responsive, consistent primary caregiver in our life. And so we we were presented with experiences and some are not the greatest to to be to begin with. But the beautiful thing about experience is that we have them throughout our entire life. We have them not just infancy, um, but in our childhood, in our teenage years, in our um, young adult years, into our late adult years. All of these experiences happen to us. And the beautiful thing about them is that what was maybe not initially good can be rewritten through new experiences to then be good. Mm -hmm. And so you may have started out with an avoidant attachment with you and your primary caregiver, but due to experiences throughout your life, you've realized that people have responded to you in good and kind ways. And then that experience of the goodness and kindness of, of people that you initially didn't experience can now rewrite those old experiences to then look more secure. And then you start to become more secure through um, different relationships outside of your primary caregiver. And so, yeah, go ahead, Heather. No, no, you carry on. What were you going to say? And so, well, and, and so I think that's just why experiences are so, so important because sometimes we think that, you know, like, oh, well, I'm doomed then, you know, I had the worst set of parents, you know, I had, I didn't have a consistent primary caregiver. I didn't even have parents. I was in the foster system or I was in, um, you know, really traumatic experiences as, as an infant in an early childhood. And so sometimes we think, oh, shoot, I'm just doomed in life then. Mm-hmm. And that, and I just want to say, no, you're not, you're not doomed because experiences rewrite experiences. Your brain needs not just to read a paper about certain things or to research on certain things to be changed and rewired in order to grow in healthier and more loving ways. What your brain needs is that relational connection to people that do respond consistently and kindly and in a caring way to then rewrite what was old to then make it new. Well, and that is so encouraging, like to think about how we we can 
we can move more and more and more and more towards like a sense of security and secure attachment, both with others and with God and even with ourselves. Like it, it's so, yeah, it's just so beautiful that, that there's, there's a newness that can be born in us like that, just um, like a renewing reality to this Mm -hmm. um, is so hopeful. So then I think the question would be is how, how do we develop? Because we all probably need it. We all probably need to be developing more and more and more this sense of security so we can show up with it in our relationships with God and others. What, what are some of the practices that we can do in our everyday lives that would, would help us to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, that's also a really good question because sometimes we can just get stuck in our head and think, oh, I just, you just need to be more secure, Robin. <laughs> you just, you know that it's to be known and understood. So just be known and understood. You know, we can get stuck in our head, but I think the the tangible aspect is helpful because we need it to not just be logical or theory in our head, but put into practice. So then again, our brain can have that experience to then move towards health, move towards stability, move towards security. And so I think if, if security boils down to being known and understood, I think it can even be broken down even further in a tangible way to being how present are we? And so I think if, if we look at how present we can be is a good indication of how secure you are. Um, Because if we are constantly future thinkers and it's, it's great to be a future thinker and a planner, but if we're, if we're constantly in the future and missing out on what is presently before us, or if we're constantly analyzing what happened and what's behind us and, you know, Oh, we're doomed or I made these mistakes or, I wish I could go back to the golden years or whatever it is being able to be present, whether, you know, we're, we're, we're in a sense, we're all addicted to our phones, but it's like, are you looking at your phone to avoid something? Are you looking at your phone to, you know, because you're so anxious over something, what is it that is keeping you from being present? And then, you know, the phone's an, an example. Are we consumed with our work because we don't want to engage with the people around us? Are we consumed with, you fill in the blanks xyz and not being able to be present i think is a helpful indication of where we're at in our relation not only to others but in our relationship with god well that's such a helpful practice like the practice of just being still and listening like what am i thinking right now what am i feeling right now mm-hmm. um, and can i can I do that practice? And if not, like that's just information about maybe where the feeling of security is, or maybe there's a kind of risk that can be taken towards another person. Like, oh, I'm, I don't want to say to my partner. Or, um. So, what do you? How do you? How would you describe? Um when somebody is trying to be present, what are they, what are they looking for? Or what are they paying attention to in that? You know, cause I think sometimes you have these conversations that are like, well, I think, I don't know if I feel that sense of security or if I feel known or understood, like what, what would be, what would be a way to tune into that? 
um, a way to tune in into that. I think you're right. Not we don't live securely every single moment of every single day. You know, we, we because of experiences, <laughs> we may have had the best secure attachment in infancy, and because of experiences or choices we've made or whatever it is, we we begin to second guess that at times. And so that's just part of being human. But I think, in a sense, it's we we tap into those moments where we actually really feel known or we actually really feel understood. And so getting familiar with that, getting under, like tapping back into that. Okay. Where did I feel known? Where did I feel understood? Where was I the most present? And so in those anxious moments or those um, avoidant moments, you can start, you can begin to catch yourself say, okay, I'm starting to get really clingy. I don't want to let this go. You know, I'm not going to let this person go. Cause what if, what if they actually don't love me as much as I thought they did? Or what if they just decide to leave? Or, you know, I'm going to hold everything at arm's length because it's really scary right now because I don't know. It's just, it's too, too risky to be that close to someone or to be that honest and open. And so those, the moments where we, we feel the most seen and understood and are, are the times that we can tap into help us not move towards avoidance and not move towards anxiousness but instead move towards security. And it might not be found in people. You know, you know, some people might think, you know, just go to the people that make you feel the most seen and understood. That's a great way to do that. You know, like these people, I feel most known when I'm around this group of people, around this specific person, but that might not be for everybody. People might not, people might trigger more avoidance or trigger more anxiety. And instead looking outside of people and find, again, finding those moments and those glimpses of where you do feel and have experienced in the past, that sense of knownness and understanding, um, whether it be, you know, looking at something beautiful, piece of art, the mountains, whatever it is around you that helps you tap into that those, those glimpses, those moments within our lives. Hmm. It's interesting. Cause like, as I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay, Heather, how would you like, if I'm, if I just get quiet for a minute and I like take a deep breath and I'm like, Oh, the, the feeling that I feel is that I feel calm and I feel, um, yeah, I feel peaceful. I feel curious. Um, like, like, it's almost like there's a feeling of anticipation. Mm. You know, I think if some, when I feel anxious or when I feel avoidant, I don't feel anticipation. I feel dread Mm -hmm. or I feel fear or I feel like, um, stress or I feel like I'm speeding up. You know, but when I think about what you just said, like, okay, if I can tap into that feeling of when I'm seen and understood, I feel, yeah, it's like, I feel at rest. Like there's a kind of restfulness that comes like into my body, but then also like a different thing that's happening in my mind. Like there's a a willingness to reach or to be honest or to, yeah, those are just kind of some of the things that I, 
like experience just as I sit here and take a deep breath and imagine myself inside of that security. It's like if I imagine myself inside of that security, like, oh, I feel calm, I feel peaceful, I feel curious, I feel like a sense of good anticipation or like, or even like a neutral anticipation. It's just, yeah, I kind of feel held. If that makes sense. Yeah. I really, I really like the word curious because so many times we, we, we do default to like the calm, peaceful, serene, you know, like those are like kind of like the go-to words, but that word curious opens up a whole broad spectrum of things of like, you know, you start to think of when I'm known and understood, that's when I'm most um, imaginative. That's when I'm most artistic. That's when I'm most um, scientific. That's when I'm most, uh, I get in my research element, you know, like that's where we tap into who we're created to be. And like, that's what God pulls out of us in our secure relationship with him, our secure attachment to him. He's like, I've created you. You are mine. And I know it's hard to be human. I know it is, but in your security in me, that's where you are most creative. That is where you're most artistic and imaginative and scientific and research-based and whatever it is, a mathematician, whatever it is. That's where we live out our true potential is in our secure relationship with God. Like, I love that. Just, it's so different than it just being like a relational aspect. Like what you just described is like, it has so much, it's so much more generative than that. It's not, it's not just about like, oh yeah, I'm good with you. And I'm good in my relationship with God. It's like, no, there's, there's so much that can happen generatively, like through us and out of us. Um, when we understand ourselves as secure in relationship to another, but also in relationship to God, like I'm not worrying about my failure. I'm not worrying about like judgment or punishment or like abandonment or it's like, no, I can mess up and I can still be, I can still belong. Mm-hmm. And in that sense of it, it's like, oh, I don't have to feel those, those worries. I can feel like, oh, I can make amends here. I can repair. I can say sorry. And then we can move on to that place of generative creativity where I get to be myself again out in the world, adventuring and doing cool things. Right. Right. That's the beauty. And it's, it's, it's like this untapped potential that you have within your security. Hmm. So it's it that's what that's what the security, the secure attachment draws us to is that potential within us where you're not worried and not consumed with that failure or the abandonment, where it's you're willing to take that risk hmm. because you're you know that security, that secure base is something to fall back on that has consistently and uh caringly caught you Mm. every single time. Hmm. And so it's worth the risk when you're, when you're living out in that secure way. Which it feels like if we live out of that place of security, we just are able to be more of ourselves in the world. Yeah, I think so. And it seems like that's what God would want, like God would want us to be more of ourselves the same way a parent is probably just absolutely delighted when their child is like being themselves, um, either in relation to them as a parent relation to, to them or in relation to their little friend group or 
Like mm-hmm. as they experiment in being a mathematician, they're just like, I'm out here risking because I know that I'm, I know that I know that I'm, that I'm, I have a place that feels like belonging. And, and then it feels like what I'm also hearing you say is like, we can develop security. And so we may not have any old experiences to lean on to provide evidence for us to know that we could hope for like an experience of being known and understood by another person or known and understood by God. What do we do to get more and more and more secure in the world? Right. Um, right. You're not doomed if you were, didn't have the the best of upbringings. And I think it comes, you know, it does involve great risk and it does take a lot of hard work. And so in order it comes, it boils back down to that experience, you know, like we can do those, the, the steps of hard work to start to rewrite um, our initial experiences then to, to then be, become more and more secure in order to rewrite what was given to you. You have to give yourself new experiences, but new experiences are really hard because your, your old self, your old system, your old, old way of doing things is, is telling you, no, don't. It, you're going to die. <laughs> you're going to, you know, like you're best off being avoidant. You're best off clinging to that anxiousness because that's what's made you survive. That's what's made you live. And then when you do the hard work of rewriting that, we, we shouldn't be alarmed that our system's t- telling us to stop. But the more we take those steps towards health and security, then the easier it becomes and then the less the avoidant and anxiousness starts to buck the system. Mm. Your brain starts to remember and realize, ah, okay, this is actually a better way to live. This is actually a better way to survive. I'm not all heightened and triggered and cortisol isn't shooting through my brain in this way of life. Mm. Whereas it is in the avoidant and it is in the anxious. Mm. And so taking that into our relationships with others, you know, it's going to be hard, especially when, because we're dealing with people and people are messy and it's the people that have given us those avoidant attachments and those insecure, uh, anxious attachments. And so it's natural for us not to trust other people in order to be known and understood. But when we do the hard work of taking those steps towards security, then we realize not everyone is an inconsistent caregiver. Not everyone just neglected us or abandoned us. And that rewriting brings us more and more to security. Well, and I think the reality is is that we're made for connection. Mm -hmm. Like we're made for connection with God and others. These huge ruptures and fractures have happened to make us kind of predisposed to not believe that we can be seen and understood and have these connections. Um, I, I mean, right. I think in full security, we're more willing to risk and more willing to engage. And so 
and engage with the world around us, whether that be with people or the, the imaginative world before us. And so risk allows that safe place or security allows the risk to fall back onto that safe, secure uh, base so that we can, we can explore, we can be adventurous. We can, again, tap into that potential of who we are because when we're afraid of failure or afraid of that risk or afraid of what could happen, then that's when we cling. That's when we avoid. That's when we push away because it's, it's, it's too much. Our experiences are telling us, no, don't do that. That's not going to be good. But taking those hard steps, that hard work, those movements, those slow baby steps towards security allows us to tap into the adventure, into the risk without fear of failure or rejection or abandonment. Yeah, and I think it's a really good thing for us to consider um, how secure how secure are we and how can we develop that security in order that we feel the freedoms in our relationships both with God and others I think so thanks Robin thank you Heather all right um, we'll look forward to more conversations about this yes I think so Thanks for joining us today for this conversation about attachment. Hopefully it gave you a bit of an insight into what attachment theory is and how it connects to our own relationships of security with God and with others. Next week we'll be joined by Joanne Mulville Hill. Joanne is from the Dominican Republic where she practices as a licensed clinical therapist. She recently moved to Utah and will share her personal story with us as a way to encourage us toward deeper, more secure relationships. She is passionate about this topic in particular because of how much it has helped bring healthy change to her personal relationships. I hope you'll join us.